You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus, who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40, down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Choby. The Seahawks coming off a huge victory last weekend in Detroit, beating the Lions 48-45, to bringing their record to 2-2 two two on the season, creating an all-type of logjam in the NFC West. This week, they're taking their talents across the country to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Saints. Let's waste no more time on bringing my guy Michael Bumpus. Let's get right into it. What's on tap? What's on tap? Bump these Saints, and I swear I didn't do this on purpose. It's factual. Are tied for, or not tied? They're straight up in last place in the NFC South. This has been four weeks of this where the Seahawks keep playing the last team in the division. Man, you know, I love it. It's week four though, so that actually carries some weight. When I said it, and you know, when I said it in week two and week three, it didn't really mean anything. So anyway, <laughs> if y'all pay attention to the open of the show, I've been luckily we've been playing last place teams. Anyway, the Saints are you know one and three. They beat the Atlanta Falcons twenty-seven to twenty-six. In week one, since then, they've lost three straight. They lost to Tampa 20-10. They lost the Carolina Panthers 22-14. They lost the Minnesota Vikings last week, which we're going to get into in a second. But, Bump, since they overcame that 16-point fourth quarter deficit against the Falcons, they have struggled losing three straight. And, Bump, this game across the pond was nothing short of a heartbreaker for those Saints. Yeah, it was bad for the Saints, man. They didn't have Jameis Winston, so they're relying on their backup quarterback, Andy Dalton. And uh, Jefferson Jefferson, uh, excuse me, Justin Jefferson had a monster couple of weeks, and he kind of faded away, and people were like, what's going over there, on over there in Minnesota? What he do? He bounces back against the Saints, 10 receptions, 147 yards, and one rushing touchdown. Is that his first rushing touchdown in his NFL career? Off the top of my head, I think so. I mean, it was a nice little yeah. touch pass, but... I mean, they could use them that way a lot more, but I, I think that's the first one. Yeah, describe it. What's going on? What went down over there in London, London town? I mean, it really came down to, let's just fast forward. You mentioned your guy. Came down to him, Marshawn Lattimore, which we're going to get into a lot in this podcast. I promise you that. But he beats him yeah. for a 39-yard reception that sets up the game-winning field goal, 24 seconds left. So you think the game's over? Let's, let's chalk it up for a win. For those guys, Saints get the ball back. Boom, 32-yard pass to Chris Olave from Dalton. Couple more plays, setting up a Will Lutz 61-yard field goal attempt. Now, if you guys were familiar with the Chicago Bears a couple years ago, rest in peace, John Clayton. He uh, deemed it the doink doink, the double side off the <laughs> off the crossbar, off the sidebar, bow. Same thing happened in this game. Hits the uh, the crossbar twice, bounces out, and the Vikings hold on for the 28 to 25 win. And the crazy thing was, Lutz was Gucci from 60 yards earlier in the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was just a one yard difference. So that's a tough loss for the Saints battling through everything they battled through. So, yeah, that's a, a heartbreaker for them. Heartbreaker. We were watching that in slow motion, too. We we didn't see it in real time. Like we caught it in slow motion. So mm-hmm. the anticipation in the room, you, <laughs> me, Big Ray, Babino, Tur- uh, Trufant, we're all watched with anticipation. 
And uh, it was wild, man. But Andy Dalton played uh, pretty well in backup duties. He was 20 of 28, 236, and one touchdown. Latavius Murray had a 57 yards on one touchdown on 11 carries. And then Chris Olave, the rookie, what is that, of uh, wide receiver U, Ohio State. That's what they do over there. Four recessions, 67 yards, and one touchdown. The Saints lost the time of possession and were penalized 10 times for one on two. We all know about double-digit penalties over here in Seattle. trying to break that. But despite the loss and the 1-3 record, the Saints are just one one game out of first place. It sounds knotted up just like here in the NFC West. Yeah, that, that division's tough. And you go back to that uh, Tampa Bay Bucks game they lost. They were in that game too. And then they had the whole dust up with Mike Evans and yeah. their DBs and going on. So they, I'm not ready to write the book on what the Saints are and what they're not so far this year. What I do know is they're competitive. What I do know is we jump into this head-to-head is they – Statistically, they're a pretty good football team. I mean, I'll yeah. jump in. I'll, we'll start on their offense. They're ranked ninth in the NFL in total offense with th- getting 364 yards per game. Running the ball, they're about middle of the pack, 111 yards per game, 16th ranking. Pass offense, they're ninth at 252 yards a game. And then points per game, they're a little below league average. They're only averaging 19, but they're obviously moving the football. This is an offense that has a ton of weapons that we're going to get into. So they're doing pretty good things there. And then um, defensively, their numbers took a little bit of a hit last week, but you, you know they're twelfth in total defense, giving up three hundred twenty-eight yards per game. They're twentieth against the run, so not as great there. But pass defense, they're top ten, two hundred three yards per game, and then points allowed, they're twentieth, giving up twenty-four points per game. So they kind of they're back and forth, but they're definitely they have the bones of a good team in terms of the statistics. They're just not there in a couple categories that are hurting them. Yeah, it's tough. You look at their offense and their defense, and you say this is a good ball club. It doesn't look like a one-in-three ball club. On the other side, for the Seahawks, the offense is growing every single week. Win or loss, they are growing. Seahawks ranked 10th overall in offense, 13th when it comes to rushing the ball, 12th passing the ball, and 11th points per game. Hawks are putting up 23.8 per game. Now, where the struggle is is on the defense. Statistically, Mm -hmm. one of the worst defenses out there, 31st overall, giving up 428, 29th against the run, and 28th against the pass, and they're giving up 28 points per game. That is good for 31st in the league. So we, there's no secret that there have been some struggles defensively. And I look at that Detroit Lions game, that last game, and I go, yeah, they struggle, but they also turned the ball over a couple times or forced yeah. to turn over um, two times last, last week. So there's something to work with there. They just got to clean it up. Yeah, I mean, they have too many good players to kind of have those those rankings, in my opinion. We've yeah. seen them a lot. We've seen the last couple of years, they've seen them start off slow the last two years and get things worked out, get things figured out. Obviously, a lot more change this year, new coaching staff, new defensive scheme, guys stepping into positions they hadn't played before. But, yeah, you're hoping that they can kind of clean that up and improve it because Pete Carroll likes to run, play defense and run the football, and I'm sure when he looks at these stats, I mean, that can't that's not good enough. I know Clint Hurt and all those guys – Obviously, that's not good enough. These guys have a lot of good talent here, a lot of good coaches. So I believe they're going to get that figured out. But one last thing, Bump, what I love to see about this head-to-head on the offensive side is 48 points will do you wonders in the rankings. I'm telling you, boy, <laughs> we jumped into the uh, you know, top 15, top 10 in the league in almost all those categories. Yeah. So definitely love to see that. But, man, let's, let's get right into it. We played this team a decent amount of times over the last couple of years. Let's know the history. Know your history. 
Saints lead the all-time series. I was actually surprised about this. Six to nine in the regular season. The Seahawks do have the 2-0 advantage in the postseason. Mm. A couple memorable games. There was that r- a run by a guy that's kind of familiar around here. Kind of shook the city up. I don't know if you've heard about that one, Bum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but right now, the Saints have won the last three meetings. And last year, it was painful. Um, sorry, everyone. I'll take you back into what happened on Monday Night Football. DK Metcalf got the scoring going early 84 yard touchdown Seahawks took a 7-0 lead that was last time they get in the end zone all night it was about self-inflicted mistakes second game in a row without Russell and they struggled Jason Myers missed two field goals Al Woods jumped off sides late in the game on a critical third down additional 90 seconds came off the clock Seattle would turn the ball over and downs a couple big sacks and it was a game that was just so frustrating because the Saints, they were never out of the game. They were always within a score always. the entire way. And I remember Kamara kind of got after us in the past game. I think he had over over 100 yards receiving and, and a big touchdown before the half. So it was just it was a bad day at the office, honestly. But, you know, I think a lot of the same players are involved in this game. We'll see who's healthy, who's not. But definitely want to avenge what happened last year. Yeah, let's get it right, man. Let's let's get it right. Thirteen to ten loss in Lumen Field is unacceptable. Let's let's go down to New Orleans and return the favor. Let's get to what's the word in the West. Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? What's the word? You can look at this division and say two things. It's either super competitive or super mid, right? <laughs> all right. The Rams, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Niners, they're all two and two. That means it is anybody's, anybody's division right now. But let's talk about the Rams versus the 49ers. The 49ers have won seven straight against the Rams, Ooh. but the Rams did win the NFC Championship game last year against the Niners. We're talking about regular season. If I am Shanahan, I'm looking at my boy McVay, guy who I came up the ranks with, and I'm winking at him every now and then like, yeah. I, you know, you, uh, you, you got your ring, but regular season, you know, what is up? Matthew Stafford has been sacked 14 times and losses this season and seven times on Monday night. You can't protect Matthew Stafford. The Rams aren't going to have a chance. Jeff Wilson. He might be one of the fastest low key players in the league. His 32 yard touchdown. He got there in a hurry. Debo. We all know what he does. He had a 57 yard touchdown. And then to Lanoa Hufanga had a 52 yard pick six when he read the screen out beautifully pick six. Our guy, Paul Moyer was texting us. He's super excited. He's saying that is textbook football right there. Now the Rams won the time of possession, 34 minutes to 25 and also had eight more first downs than San Fran. However, they had two costly turnovers, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. He's had better days. He went 32 of 48, 254, zero touchdown, one interception, one loss fumble. The Rams had, Nothing in the run game. Daryl Henderson only had 27 yards on seven carries. Again, Cooper Cup's going to get his, especially when he gets 19 targets. He had 14 receptions, 122 yards. You can always count on that, man. And then Tyler Higby, he had 10 receptions for 73. But one of my favorite parts of this game, Nas, was your boy Bobby Wagner. Not what he did Ooh, yes. in between the lines. Not not during third down, not on fourth down. It was a big play. There's some some crazy dude running on the field doing a gender reveal. It looked like Bobby <laughs> him up. He yeah. said, "Look, security was struggling to get this man." Bobby said, "On trip, I got you." The thing that's crazy about this, first of all, if you're following this story, this man is filing a police report against Bobby Wagner <laughs> right now. Just all that on TMZ. That. Are you kidding me? Get all the way out of here, dog. That get is out of here, dude. I mean, first of all, like you say, though, running around like some gender reveal, and the other thing too. 
if you're trying to you know um bring awareness to whatever thing you're doing we can't even read your shirt what are you doing dog do it. and you are <laughs> lucky that the other dude on the field got kind of got in the way because if bobby had a clean run with nothing else there i mean he took three yeah. sets put him down hey bobby you're an og for that we got love for yeah. you i saw him make a couple nice plays he had a nice uh stop on the goal line but uh yeah biggest tackle of the night for the rams was our guy bobby wagner lighting up that fan um and then on the 49ers side bump jimmy g he had his typical Jimmy G game, 16 to 27, 239, one touchdown. Nothing awful, nothing. Oh, the Denver game was awful, but nothing crazy. <laughs> just kind of in the middle. He's going to keep them in games. He's going to do just enough to keep them every game and try to win it. You mentioned Jeff Wilson Jr. led all ball carries, 74 yards on 18 carries and a touchdown. Debo going Debo, six receptions, 115 yards, one touchdown. The thing that jumped out to me a little bit about this game was just the way it, it the Rams do not look like a team that just won the Super Bowl. No. And I don't know if it's because they don't have – there's a lot of pieces gone. And, and off, mainly to me, offensively, man, like Cooper Cup is the dog. He's going to do what he's going to do. But they just – is it because they don't have some of the other, other weapons? You know, the Van Jefferson, a couple of different guys that change yeah. things, OBJ, you know, Woods and all those guys. Because right now it just looks like, okay, Cooper's our only threat, maybe a little Higby. And if they can't run the ball, they're in trouble. Yeah, you know, and they haven't gotten Allen Robinson involved yet. And I, I've read articles with McVay saying, we got to get this dude involved. Yeah, you do, because you don't have Robert Woods no more. Robert Woods was a guy stretched defense out and allowed Cooper Cup to work underneath. You still got Higby over there, right? You don't have uh, Odell Beckham anymore. Van Jefferson is gone. Uh, McVay got a coach now. He got a, He really got a coach. But there's enough talent there to where you feel like they can correct this thing any minute now. Yeah, no question about it. We'll see. I mean, uh, hopefully they don't correct it. Right, you know what I'm saying, but, <laughs> I but wouldn't they, mind that. You're right, but they they got too many good players over there, too many good coaches. I think they're going to get it right at some point. The other game in the NFC West was the Cardinals at the Panthers. Man, it seems like every week these Cardinals come out there and just start slow, yeah. like they're on snooze for a little bit, and then they turn it on. It's, it's week after week. It was no different against the Panthers. They fell behind 10-3 at the half, but then there's uh, in the first half, I mean, it was struggle bus all the way through punt three and out, turnover on downs, punt three and out. Pick six, turnover and downs, field goal punt. You flip it over the second half, completely different story. Cardinals scored 23 straight points, scoring on every possession except when they're taking knees at the end of the game. Cardinals went on to win 26-16. to 16. Kyler Murray, solid game, 23-32, of 32, 207 yards, two touchdowns. Also had the pick six, but he carried the ball 12 times, 26 yards, and a touchdown. James Conner, 55 yards on 15 carries. And the Cardinals, again, I just never know what to think about them. I'm, we're never going to have a real uh, representation of who we think they are, maybe for at least for another couple of weeks, because yeah. Murray shows it, it flashes of brilliance every week. He can sh- show you how good they can be, but then they have these moments where they just they just seem dysfunctional. They can't get the ball going. They can't get started. So I don't know what to think about the Cardinals. All I do know is it's going to be competitive when we play them in a couple of weeks. And really, anytime you, you, you have a game here in the NFC West, it's going to be interesting. Well, Bump, let's shift it back over to these New Orleans Saints. Man up. Hey, who man's is this? Who man's is this? Man up, man up, man up, man up, man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. All right, let's take a look at these matchups. Jameis Winston slash Andy Dalton, right? We'll see who we get versus the Seahawks defense. Jameis won the starting job last year in 2021, playing eight games, but he um, missed the remainder of the season with a torn ACL. Winston was playing pretty good last year, too. He was 95 of 161 for 1,170 yards and 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. The best thing about Jameis in 2021 was that 
he took care of the football. That's something that we're not used to seeing. He's Mr. 30 for 30. I'm going to toss it up to you. I'm going to toss it up to us. It don't matter. I'm just going to toss that thing up. Um, in 2022, so far, he was 73 of 115 for 858 and four touchdowns and five interceptions. So um, he's looks like he's getting back to, to turning that thing over a little bit. But he didn't play in London. Um, he was dealing with some back issues all season and a foot and ankle injury so that they said, look, we're going to go with the OG Andy Dalton, a guy who's been in the league for a minute, Ness. Andy Dalton yeah. was with the Cowboys last year. Was he with the Cowboys last uh, year? Well, no, he's with the Bears last year. The Cowboys Bears before that. Year. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, I mean, he's been around the block. I mean, in Cincinnati, you know, I, I was a big fan of Andy Dalton coming out of TCU. I thought he was a legitimate quarterback, and he was. Mm -hmm. He led them to the playoffs, you know, five years in a row, went to the Pro Bowl three years in that span. Unfortunately, they lost in the wild card every year, and uh, they eventually moved on from Marvin Lewis. And then eventually, you know, Dalton had to move on because they get this guy named Joe Burrow that looks like that worked out on their end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goes to Dallas as Dak Prescott's backup, and then Dak has that horrific ankle injury. Then he comes in and plays the rest of that season, kind of so-so. Then takes over in uh, Chicago. Backs, well, came into the year as the starter, got paid, you know, and they were slowly just kind of a, as a placeholder before uh, Justin Fields took that over. And then, you know, you mentioned it earlier. He played okay last week in London, 20 of 28, 236, one tutty. And um, three scoring drives in the second half. Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, to me, they don't play the same way, but it's a lot of the same result. I mean, I feel yeah. like in terms of where they're at in their careers, they're going to do the same thing. If they take care of the football, they're going to keep you in games. If they don't, it could be an ugly day. Both of them have the capability to make really good plays, and both of them have the ability to make really bad plays. So, you know, I don't know how much it really changes who's playing quarterback in terms of their offense. Neither one of them are going to scramble and run down the field, all that so, I mean, it, it, to me, it's kind of a coin flip. I think it's more about what the Seahawks do defensively than what Jameis or Andy's going to do. Yeah, it's all about that defense. You know, the Seahawks are tied for 28th against the pass, giving up 274 per game. Let's make it like 200 this game, and, uh, and, and we'll be good to go. Next matchup, what we got? Gino, take it on the Saints defense. Come on, Gino. Come on, Gino. Yeah, come on. Uh, I mean, another week, I, I just can't say enough about this man. Another fishing game from Gino. He's playing as good as anyone in the NFL. We said it last podcast. We're going to continue to repeat that at that position. Still leads the NFL in completion percentage with 77%. That's the highest completion percentage by any quarterback in the team's first four games of a season with a minimum of 125 attempts. He's also third in QB rating at 108. Back-to-back -back games of 300 yards. Bump, he's doing it all. He's in complete command and... That confidence is there. Honestly, the sky's the limit. I know this defense is a lot better than what they faced last week in Detroit, but Geno is playing at a level where it allows them to win multiple ways, and I just love what I've seen from him this year. He, he understands what he's looking at, and he understands what to call to get his team in position to have success if the right play isn't called. So that tells me him and Shane are on the same page. They're doing their thing. So far this year, Geno has 1,037 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. They had 555 yards of offense last week against Detroit, no punts, and scored 10-plus points in every corner. Both of those, first time it's ever happened in Seahawk history. I never thought I would say Geno's doing something that happened for the first time in Seahawk history. I thought Russell had already checked all those boxes and, and had moved on with that, uh, but the Saints, they've been just above average when it comes to total defense, allowing 328 per game. 
Uh, so, I mean, I, I look at the Saints defense, you know, it's always going to be tough down in New Orleans. You know, it's going to be loud. It was loud in Detroit for the most part, and he handled that well. So I think he's been there, done that. It's all about just continuing to build. He says he he said he can play better. Let me see better then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see. It. And the one thing, other thing outside of the stats that I love about Gino is just a sense of control. Even when the play clock is winding down, it just seems like they're doing it differently. It just feels yeah. like they are – no one's panicked. It, it starts Austin Blythe between Shane Waldron, Austin Blythe, and Gino. It just seems like everyone's on the same page. It's loud. They're They're – you know, communicating down the offensive line from the interior out. So I just love what we're seeing from a control standpoint and hope to keep going further. Now, Bump, man, tell me about these Saints running backs. Man, so if if this were three, four years ago, I would say these two names and they would just strike fear in you right now. Mm -hmm. One of them still does. The other one, you're like, okay, we'll see what he does. Is Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram versus the Seahawks front seven. When Alvin Kamara is healthy, there's no denying what he brings to the table. He's one of the best in the game. Um, he's been a pro bowler every year he's been in the league, and that is five times in his career. He has 936 carries, 4,338 yards, and 47 touchdowns, 378 receptions for 3,282 yards and 20 touchdowns. There's not too many running backs who can do the things that he does. He is a true dual threat on the field. But this year, he's only played two out of the four games. And in those games, he has 24 carries for 100 yards and zero touchdowns. Also, five receptions for 19 yards. He missed last week's game because of a rib injury. And he's been listed the last three games with a rib injury, missing week two and four, but playing through it in week three. If he is healthy, you got to look after this dude. Yeah. I mean. Look. Well, even if he ain't healthy, <laughs> I mean, like 70% of him is still better. Yeah, if he's dressed, he, he's a problem. Yeah. He's a problem, right. straight up. I mean, all you got to do is look at the game film from last year. All you got to do is check that film out. And we mentioned a little bit earlier, he went off against us last year. You know, we shut him down a little bit in the run game, but he was, so we held him to 51 yards on 20 carries, but he killed us in the past game, 10 receptions, 128 yards in one touchdown. And what's not in those stats is how difficult he is to tackle. Mm. He is a problem. Honestly, I don't know if guys on defense would disagree with me, but I think pound for pound, he's probably the toughest dude to tackle in the league in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Yeah, and he's a finesse guy. He's not even like I'm a run you over type. Yeah, of but you still can't get your hands on him. So he, yeah, he's, he's slippery. He's a problem, and I think on their injury report, it looked like he did practice today. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, if he can't go, there's another dude you mentioned it, older gentleman, Mark Ingram, Heisman winner out of Alabama, which feels like it might have been a, two decades ago. I don't know. It <laughs> feels like he's been in the league for a minute. You know, so so far this year, four games, 29 carries, 120 yards, one touchdown. Returned to New Orleans after, you know, first eight years in the league there. Then he went to Houston and Baltimore, and he's back in uh, New Orleans. So it'll be interesting. I think the Seahawks have struggled to stop the run this year. And if Kamara's playing, it's going to be – they're going to have their work cut out for him straight up. It's going to be tough. Yep, and they got this guy you might know him, Taysom Hill. He might have got the biggest contract for a guy who has no position. They put him <laughs> anywhere. He just make plays. Um, he's a bleeding ball carrier with 12 attempts for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Seahawks rank 29th, 29th against the rush. They're allowing 154 per game. If Alvin's healthy, Ingram's healthy, you got to sprinkle some Taysom in there. Uh, it's it's going to be it, – it could be a tough day. I'm going to go out there and put good vibes out there and say, you know what, they're going to fix it. Every week. I don't even care if we go six weeks with one of the worst defenses statistically. I'm going to say if they're going to fix it because I just – I see the personnel and I, I know the coaching staff and I'm like – 
there's no way this is going to continue. I mean, yeah, it makes you want to, you know, pull your hair out a little bit because you're like, all everyone that you just mentioned is going to be good and they're going to get it fixed. It's just, you know, hopefully it's this week. It's been four weeks. Hopefully week five it does the trick. And things don't get easier outside bump at the wide receiver position for these Saints taking on the young corners, Tariq Willen and Mike Jackson slash Cindy Jones. You got Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. On paper, like you said a couple years ago, you'd be like, I'm good, man. Like, I don't even really want to be in this matchup because these dudes are monsters. You know, Michael Thomas started his NFL career four straight 1,000-yard seasons, three-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro, 2018-2019. This man had one of the best seasons in the game's history at receiver. Yeah. In 2019, he had 149 receptions, 1,725 yards, nine touchdowns. But life has changed a little bit since 2019, you know what I'm saying, because Drew Brees retired. Then he missed the whole 2021 season with ankle injury. There was all that kind of hubbub about when he could have got the surgery with him and John yeah. Payton. So he missed that whole year. And so far in 2022, he's got 16 receptions, 171 yards, three touchdowns. He did miss last week's game with a toe injury. So we'll continue to monitor if he's going to play on Sunday. But it starts with him. He is a dog, and he's a dude that I don't care what his numbers look like right now. He's another dude that is very dangerous, and the secondary is going to have to come with it against Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas is going to – you still got to respect it. Even though he's been banged up, he's still young enough to where you got to respect it. Still got Jarvis Landry over there. Um, this is his first season in New Orleans after spending his first seasons in Miami and his last four in Cleveland. Damn, he's been in the league that long already. That's yeah. crazy. Man, he's had three career 1,000-yard seasons, and um, the last one was in 2019. 2022 so far, 15 receptions, 168, and zero touchdowns. But I really like this dude, Olave, out of – the Ohio State, as mm. they say it, wide out you, 11th, 11th overall pick. I see this guy on film, and he does a little bit of everything. Um, he can take the short stuff, short passes, and, and turn them into big games, and then he can just run right by you down the field and make plays as well. So far in 2022, he has 21 receptions, 335 yards, one touchdown, leading receiver on the team. Yeah, these three can play. You know, um, it'll definitely be about what happens at the quarterback position and getting these men the football, but this is a very talented bunch. So once again, the work will be cut out for the Seahawks cornerback room. Freak one intercepted a pass in back-to-back weeks last week, returning for a touchdown blocked upon a couple weeks ago. So he's kind of getting to that point where he's making a big play every week. So that's great to see there. Other side, Michael Jackson got the start against the Lions, but he's starting to split time with UW standout. How at your boy, Sidney Jones, who's getting in there which I like to see. I like to see that competition continuing to be fierce every week at corner. And Mike Jackson did a lot of things. He absolutely earned his starting position in camp and done some really good things so far this year. But I like to see him getting pushed. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be tough. There's a lot going on, especially against this receiving core. So good to see that happen in there. And then bump the matchup that I'm looking forward to potentially the most. <laughs> DK Metcalf, Marshawn Lattimore. So yeah. first of all, DK's, had another huge week last week. Second week in a row, he's a focal point in this offense. Seven receptions, 149 yards on 10 targets. You know, and with his receptions on Sunday, moved into 10th place all time in the receiving yards list, passing Sam McCollum. Believe it or not, we said in our last podcast, DK's first 100-yard game since week three in 2021. On the year, 23 receptions, 284 yards, and one touchdown. Now, Bump, the reason I'm so excited about this matchup is because what we saw last year and fill the listeners in about what DK did to this man last year. Hey, uh, 
they went at it. You know, when you're as good as DK, you're going to have a target on your back. You know what I'm saying? So the first play of the game was a run play, and DK, uh, he put him in the ground. He said, look, I'm going to set the tone. That reminds me of back in the day when um, I used to play at Culver City High School. My very first snap on varsity, my coach goes, man, you got to set a tone, man. I mean, these guys are talking. You got to go out there, and you got to block these guys. Uh, so that's exactly why they, he took me back into the pass, right? But then he beat him up the sideline for an 84-yard touchdown. Then after that, he drew two 15-yard personal fouls on Lattimore. He's all in his head. He's all in his head. He's having a picnic. He's in his kitchen. He's drinking all the Kool-Aid. Like, he's all up in Lattimore's head. So, and and we know we know Lattimore's a competitor, man. He ain't going to oh, back yeah. down from nobody. And he's going to let you know he ain't backing down. So uh, it sounds like you like you like a challenge. You like violence. That's why you're looking forward to this matchup. Oh, no question about it. And you know... DK's getting asked about it. Marshawn's getting asked about it. All you got to do is look up the clips online last year. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those where you get you get set up in Lattimore. He's thinking, okay, it's a run play, but DK Metcalf's like, uh-uh, this is how today's going to go. So I'm I'm excited to get your popcorn ready because here's the thing. Marshawn Lattimore is a hell of a player. Yeah. He's had a good last couple of years. He made the Pro Bowl three times, was an all-pro in 2019. Last year, he had 68 tackles, three interceptions, and 19 passes defended. So far this year, he's got 15 tackles, one pass defended. Had a tough time against Justin Jefferson last week. Obviously, one of the best wide receivers in the league. It's not going to get easier for him this week, but it's going to be one of the best matchups all, all season long, I think, at the cornerback position with DK Metcalf. So I'm definitely excited to watch that one, Bump. Yeah, ready to go. And now this last matchup, man. I'm excited. I'm Man, I think this might be the, the second matchup that I'm excited for. Um, it's Rashad Penny versus Saints front seven. We saw what he did last week. Rashad, 17 carries, 151, two touchdowns. His seventh time in his career, he has rushed for over 100 yards. Dude, dude's only played in so many games, and <laughs> seven times already yeah. he's gone over 100 yards. The first time he did it this season, and it was a career high when it comes to carries, 17 carries. So far in 2022, 49 carries, 292, two touchdowns, and averaging six yards per carry. But I need you to read the stat that you sent me this morning about Rashad Penny. This is ridiculous. This one, I, I when I read it for the first time, I had to send it to you because like I, I didn't believe it. So everyone listening close, because you're going to want to hear this, you want to take this out to the, the, the cooler talk when you're at work, when you're talking to your kids, and you want to seem smarter than them, you bring this stat up because this <laughs> is what it's about right here. Rashad Penny has five touchdowns of 30 yards or more dating back to last season. No other NFL player has more than two dating back to the start of last season. And let's take it a little bit further, Bump. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's take it back to 2019. So that's Rashad Penny has two more long touchdown runs, bringing his total to seven touchdowns of 30-plus yards. He's only trailing Derrick Henry in that same span, who has eight touchdowns of 30 or more yards. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, there's one big difference. Derrick Henry has 926 <laughs> carries since 2019. Rashad Penny has 244. That is a difference of 732 carries, and he's one touchdown short. All that tells you is that he is the biggest home run hitter in the National Football League. Shout out to John Boyle for finding that stat on Seahawks.com. He's got a lot of great work over there and look him up. But, bump that stat just makes my jaw hit the floor. That's ridiculous. That's over 700 less carries than King Henry. Henry respects one of the right. best running oh, yeah. backs in the league. and. Um, He's got one less explosive. Like it, it's crazy when you say it that way. It's almost like we're spoiled and we didn't even realize. We didn't realize what we were looking at. We're seeing these big runs. We're like, oh man, that was a good, 
I was looking into the season last year. Oh, man, you got another couple big runs this year. Are you doing your thing? But when you look at the numbers, if this man can stay healthy, sky is the limit. And feed him. Let's go. Feed the man, which is a perfect transition to how we're going to get this done. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. You mentioned it, Rashad Penny. Run that thing. He needs about 15 to 17 carries. I think that's a sweet spot for Rashad. If he does, you can almost guarantee that this man's going to have over 100 yards and probably going to have an explosive touchdown run at some point and build off what happened last week. This team has some momentum. I know Ray doesn't like it, but it is what it is. They have some good vibes offensively, so just keep that thing rolling into next week. And Gino, keep doing what you're doing, baby. Hey, they wrote you off. You ain't right back. Keep them on red. Do not write back, man. <laughs> keep being consistent. Control that offense. You mentioned running the football. And then DK has to win that battle. We need another day out of DK. Not necessarily 149 yards. It can be less than a hundo, but a couple touchdowns. He just has to make plays that affect the defense and gets in Lattimore's head. Oh, yeah, that's um, get your popcorn ready because that's going to be one I'm going to be watching on almost every snap. Defensively, man, just got to be better. They have they have the guys in this locker room to do it. They have the coaching staff to do it. So I have no – there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to get this figured out. They've shown to you two years in a row that, that Pete Carroll coach teams can get this turned around because they are too good for that. And I think they just got to stop the, the, the explosive plays. They got to limit that. They got to get off the field when it's third and 16, when it's second and 23. They can't let guys out of that. And they got to tackle. You can't have, you know, if there's an explosive play, it's got to be down at 20. It can't be an 84-yard run. It can't be yeah. this. We know that they can get that done. So that right there, it just comes up to that, man. Too many good players to give up that many points. This is the week to get it done, so pull it together on defense. Come on. Too many. Uchenna. We got Jordan Brooks. We got Quandre. We got Tariq. We got Kobe. We got Al Woods. It's time, baby. Let's get together. They got a squad. Cannot wait for this game on Sunday. The Seahawks taking on the New Orleans Saints in the Big Easy. Game starts at 10 a.m. If you're listening on the radio, pregame coverage begins at 7 a.m. on your Seattle stations. Reminder, you can catch us anywhere on this podcast, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Sirius XM, and more. This has been another edition of Hawk Talk. It's been fun. Really excited about the Seahawks taking on the Saints, looking to build on a winning streak. For Michael Bumpus, I'm Nasa Chobi. Until next time on Hawk Talk. <laughs>